Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1005. I'm a great believer in telling the truth. If we don't know something about a car, we'll just say we don't know. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Malcolm Welford. Hey, Malcolm, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Buckled up, ready to go, Mark. Thank you. All right. Malcolm Welford is the co-founder at Morris & Welford, a JD Classics company, with offices in Newport Beach and Connecticut. Together with Miles Morris, they operate a specialist historic car consultants and brokerage business. Morris and Welford invite consignments and outright purchases of fine classic sports cars and racing cars. Born into an English car enthusiast family, he enjoyed his first race at Brands Hatch way back in 1966. His career includes time at British Car Auctions as head of Classic Car Division, Christie's International Motor Car Department in London and then Beverly Hills. He's raced vintage cars, driven the Mille Miglia, Tour Auto, the Colorado Grand and the McLaren F1 Tour. Malcolm also sits on the FIVA Technical Commission's committee as well. All right, Malcolm, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career, your business, and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Mark, thank you for that. And um, hearing you say it, it reminds me of all the great things I've been privileged enough to do (laughs) over many, many years in the car world. My parents always said first word was car. I don't think I've let them down on that front. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, great. I mean, I've been in the auction world. Miles, my partner, my business partner, we had a brokerage business. And actually, the one thing you didn't mention is that we now have a showroom in sunny Newport Beach, Southern California. Yes, absolutely. And I'll let our listeners know, Derek Hill, who's been a guest here in the show, was in your studio, your new offices not too long ago, and posted a beautiful picture of the cars. I guess you had one of his dad's past cars. And that's how I reached out to you because I went, I've got to get these guys on my show. Tell us, before I get into the questions, a little bit about this new showroom that you have. I always had a dream to have a showroom, a classic car showroom. By chance, a little bit, saw that Rolls-Royce Newport Beach were moving out of their premises, the premises we're in now, mm-hmm. going down the road to uh, to their parent company, BMW. So one thing led to another, and we jumped in, and we've built and opened this fabulous, I, I proudly say it, fabulous showroom here in Newport Beach with high-end collector cars. It's glorious. Derek Hill was in last week, as you say. He sat in one of his father's old race cars, a 500 oh, Mondial. Wow. Yeah, very, <laughs> very, very lovely world. It's a pleasure to come to the office every day. I, I can't stress it enough. Uh, yeah, you are definitely living the dream, my friend. And next time I go down to visit family in Southern California, I am driving up to Newport Beach. It's a beautiful drive from San Diego. And I'm going to visit your shop and uh, check out some of the cars you've had. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has great meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So Malcolm, take the wheel. I'm a great believer in looking after our clients. They will always look after, after you. I'm a great believer in telling the truth. If we don't know something about a car, we'll just say we don't know. I Definitely don't enjoy just making things up or hearing hearing others make things up. If they don't know, just say it. You don't know. If you do know, terrific, great, dig deep. 
telling the truth. It doesn't do anybody any harm. It can only be a positive. And in the car world, there are so many stories and strangenesses going on that we we firmly believe that you should always say what, what you really mean and say it properly and believe in yourself and, and say the truth. And if you don't know something about a car, just admit it. Just say you don't know. It's becoming more and more that way, thankfully, in the used car industry, the classic car used industry, because so many cars have stories, quote unquote, and they kind of grow with the car as time goes by. But are they real? Are they true? And this world's too small to just make stuff up and sell things to people that aren't truthful because the word will get out. But I know the caliber of your guys' shop and the way you guys deal and the background you have in the industry. I mean, working for Christie's, you have to be truthful. You have to be honest. You have to be forthright. And, of course, there's a lot of investigation that goes on into the cars that you bring into your shop. So uh, very, very refreshing. I love it. Well, let's go back in time. Now, I mentioned that you, uh, back in 66, you got to see your first race at Brands Hatch as a young boy. I yep. would love for you to share a story that instigated that passion you have for cars, that pivotal moment when you knew you were indeed a car guy. I think I was just captivated by the noise and the smell and the sound and all those things that we love. My father, who's probably trying to escape some family function, took me to Brands <laughs> took me to Brands Hat. He was very mechanically minded and had some lovely cars, but never anything fancy or important, but he was always working on them and tinkering. He dragged me along. I'm sure I was more than happy to go and watched a race. It would have been gray. It would have been wintry. It would have been spectacular in my mind. We stood there and we watched and I just couldn't get enough of it. And that was the beginning and so on. So we went to lots more races together, many more races together. Uh, my auntie lived next door to the track in northern England in Cheshire called Alton Park, which is a spectacular, twisty countryside track. She lived in the village up the road and we went there as often as we could. And so the seed was sown. Brands Hatch 66. Now, that must have been pretty spectacular, especially for a young boy, because back then things were so different. You could get closer to the track. You could probably walk into the paddock, walk up to the cars, look at them, talk to the drivers. So what a wonderful experience. Do you remember any particular drivers from that first event? I wish I could, but I just can't. It was really the cars and not the drivers I would have been more interested in. Uh -huh. But I do recall seeing a whole slew of cars coming through, balancing on what looked to me three wheels <laughs> in the wet. Yeah. And it was, and this is a sort of black and white grainy image I have in my mind yeah. of them just hounding along the main straight and down through paddock and just being stunned by it all. Yeah. Uh, what a delightful memory. Well, Malcolm, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you face along the way in your career, your life. I'd love for you to share that because these kinds of things teach us invaluable lessons so we can move forward. So tell us how one of your experiences helped you gain even more momentum in your career and or your business. That's a good question, Mark. And and as I said earlier, I've been privileged and am privileged to work in this fabulous world of collector cars. One thing that occurred to me as a person when I was in my mid-30s is that I got hit by some illness that nobody can, to this day can tell me about. Um, it knocked me out. It put me in hospital for two weeks on all sorts of machinery. And I had to learn to walk again. Oh, my gosh. And, and for me, who is active and, and runs around and does all these great car -y things, it was a big eye-opener into, one, how other people struggle and mm -hmm. are stuck struggling for all their lives and how 
blessed and lucky I am. And secondly, I had to fight mentally to get myself back on my feet. Nobody would ever know. I've never shared it with anybody. My wife knows, of course. But it was one of those moments that comes along and you go, okay, I'm going to get through this. I'm not going to be defeated. And there are times when you're sort of wondering about things. I call back onto that moment and go, okay, just make it happen, Malcolm. Yeah. What a, and to this day, the doctors have no idea what afflicted you. No, no. I mean, they can tell me what it is, but they don't know why I got it. And I can't give it to you and I can't give it to anybody. And just a handful of people have it. Sounds very bizarre, very strange, but it's true. It's real. It is in the moment rather life-threatening. So that was scary. And lots of other people do scary things all the time. Nothing ever has happened to me in that way other than this. I hope it never comes back and onward and upward. Well, I appreciate you sharing a really personal time in your life, and I can only imagine how scared you must have been and concerned. But I I love the attitude you have coming out of it as you've moved forward in your life and having greater appreciation for the things that are good in life and and being healthy, but also for people who are afflicted with things. I, I just came back from a trip, and I was in an airport, Atlanta, super busy airport, and there was a lady being pushed in a wheelchair, and we were trying to get into the train to get to our, you know, yep. our gate. Yep. Yes, yep. Is anyone who's been through Atlanta, they know what that's like. And there was a, a lady there who was kind of perturbed that this gal in her wheelchair was in her way, and she made some kind of comment about it. And I just thought, how rude. And I, I just had to speak up, and I said, isn't it wonderful that we get to walk into the train and how unfortunate this is that this young woman doesn't? Because it was a young woman who was in the wheelchair, and you just kind of want to go, you know what, take a moment. Have a little empathy. And I think that's the takeaway I get from you is this gave you greater empathy for others who are challenging. Am I right? For sure, because I have to admit, and it's not a very good admission, that I would have been one of those people barging through trying to get into the train first. Mm-hmm. And now when I see somebody who's not able to do that, I actually stop and think and go, you know what, Malcolm, take a moment, do this properly. Yeah. yeah, And help them out, you know, help them out a little bit. Pick up their bag or whatever it might be. Yeah. It it really changes your perspective. It gives you new perspective on life. If you can uh, a shift into how other people have to deal with things. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when those headlights come on. Let's say those Marshalls if we're talking about old cars, and kind of illuminate a new way for you, a new direction. Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Good question, Mark. Winding the clock back a moment again, after uh, school, university, I went and worked in the city of London, which was the natural thing to do for my age group at the time. I had a very good job with the Lloyd's Underwriting Syndicate in the city of London. My father was very pleased and proud and all of those good things, Mm -hmm. uh, as my parents were, I should say. And then I was given the opportunity to work in the car world, the grimy, dirty car world. (laughs) Of course, it's my passion. I I couldn't say no. I took that step, that plunge, uh, going to work for, at the time, British car auctions. They became ADT auctions and then back to British car auctions. But I went to work there. Uh, I enjoyed every single day, every single moment through good and bad. I never looked back on leaving my city career. Who knows what would have happened if I'd stayed in the city, but I went into the world of cars Mm -hmm. and I'm still here and I'm really enjoying it. Well, you did what this show here, Cars Yeah, is all about, inspiring automotive enthusiasts. You were inspired by others who'd found the secret sauce to life. Do something around something you're passionate about and you're my 1,005th guest here on Cars Yeah, and I've got 1,004 people before you that all figured that out and shared that story. And you're right. You never do look back because you just say, you know what? 
this was such a good choice. It just every day is a smile. You bound out of bed. You, even in, in the bad, as you mentioned, there's still some yep. tough times, but ah, it's so cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. Now, you've dealt with all sorts of wonderful cars, but let's go back to the first one that had great meaning for you. It doesn't mean it was a fancy car, but something that had meaning for you. And tell us a memory you have about that vehicle. One end of the spectrum to the other, because there are two, if not three, but the first car that I can remember playing with and, and mucking around with and taking apart was an Austin A35, which is singularly the most boring car on the planet. <laughs> yes, I've uh, heard of it those. Was, <laughs> it was mine. I was 12 years old. I had it for myself. I was going to turn it into a hot rod. And the first thing I did was take the bonnet off or the hood off. And then I took boot lid off or the trunk off. And I had all sorts of plans and ambitions for it, and none uh-huh. of which ever happened, of course. <laughs> So that was the first sort of thing that I could call my own, and I could drive it. My parents had a large house with a carriage drive, which mm. sounds very grand, and I was allowed to drive it up and down the driveway. Nice. Um, and it didn't really matter what I did to the car, clearly. So that was a, a first thing that I could call my own, a first car. And then at university, I had an Alpha Sud, which I drove into the ground, mm. like all students, and loved every moment of that. And it cost me £100 to buy it because I didn't have any money. And then at the other end of the spectrum, I was privileged enough to drive a, a Grand Prix 35B Bugatti. Oh, and, my goodness. And wow. they say it's tearing calico. And it is tearing calico. And goodness me, one of those has to be in my garage one day. Yeah. And on my 50th birthday... My wife presented me with a Cobra, Shelby Cobra 289. So it doesn't really really get much better than that, does it? Uh, No. Jeez, you married the right lady for sure. Well, I think she might have used my money. Well, that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. It's a thought that counts. That's the main thing. It's the thought that counts. Yeah, Yeah, but tearing calico. I like that saying. That's a a good one. Probably not something you hear over here in the States very much. but uh, That ripping noise. Yes. Yes. So Bugatti-esque. Yes. Ah, what a delightful car. Wow. Well, what fun. Quite a leap from that original Little Morris, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. That's for sure. Austin Austin A35. Austin, I'm sorry. Yeah. Those cars were so interesting. You could even get them in like a little uh, panel truck version, I believe. uh, Right. As well as a little coupe. And if you go to Goodwood, of course, there they are in the tin top race. Yes. Screaming around, hounding the galaxies. Um, so it makes me laugh that maybe my car, of course, long gone, but maybe that's been resurrected and is one of those screamers. Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. It's a good thought for sure. Well, how about seller's remorse? We all have that sad tear in the eye, a car we let go that we really look back and go, man, why did I do that? Is there is there one that really stands out for you? All of them. Oh, all, yeah. of the, all of the ones <laughs> I've sold, I shouldn't have sold, not because of any monetary value, but because I love them. But yeah. in the moment, in the moment, you sell them because it, it's the right thing to do on that day, and for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I've had some lovely cars, and I've sold them at times, and thought, if only I still had that car. But you can't have them all. You shouldn't right. have them all. There's always something else. Yes. And I've been lucky enough to have them through my hands for a, a little bit of time. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, I'll tell you again for those listeners, uh, go check out the website here because uh, you look at the cars that are in there. Showroom. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Fortunate to have some cars to surround yeah. yourself with. Very cool. Well, let's talk about today. I would love for you to share a little bit more with our listeners out there about your business, Morrison Welford. Uh, what has you guys excited and fired up? And also let 
our listeners know that uh, Miles Morris will be a future guest here on Cars, yes. I'll look for him coming up. What had you guys excited and fired up this year? Well, it's the new showroom. It's all about the new showroom and the friends we've got working here with me. It's it's just fabulous, and I'm looking forward to seeing you here, Mark. But we have 15,000 square foot of prime Newport Beach glass-fronted showroom with some fabulous cars. And it, it is a plug for the business. I, yes. I understand that, but I have to say it. It's just lovely. And it's a challenge, of course. It has to pencil, of course. But the support we've had and the cars we're getting, just a uh, dream. And again, uh, remind our listeners the different services and things that you will offer your customers. Because of the parent company, JD Classics in the UK, they have a full race shop. They have a full restoration shop. They've got, I think, 80 people working in the workshops, as well as 100 cars in stock for sale. So we can offer our clients, if they so wish, all of those support services. They're platinum sponsors of the Mila Amelia, so we can offer advice on how to do the Mila Amelia, how to get into the Mila Amelia, and other such events. Goodwood Members Meeting, which is actually in a week's time. Goodwood in September, their sponsors there. So now our collective bows are much greater than just uh, Miles Morris and Malcolm Welford. We have the showroom here. We can offer just a full support service for the whole classic car gambit, if you like. Oh, yeah. Spectacular. Wonderful. Yeah. Great. And I'll remind our listeners, I'll put a link to Morris and Welford, which they're easy to find on the internet, but I'll put a link on the show notes page here for Malcolm so that you can go there and check it out. Uh, it's a beautiful website, by the way. Just thank you. Thank, yeah, you. thank you. Very, very nice. Appropriate for the cl- caliber and class cars that you're selling. Just beautiful. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Malcolm. If you were a car, what kind of car would Malcolm be and why? Malcolm would like to think he's some sort of Bentley, but is more properly probably a Mini Cooper S. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't sit still for too long. <laughs> yes. And I race around doing what we do trying to fit it all in. I would like to be that person who can sit back and smoke a cigar and enjoy it slowly and leisurely, but I, I'm just too too active. And yeah, I'm probably a Mini Cooper. Well, I'll tell you, back when I was in college, my college roommate had a good buddy who had one, and I had never ridden in one before. This is the old Mini Coopers, now the new modern ones. And he took me for a ride in that thing up to the cross at the top of Mount Soledad in La Jolla and back down the other side, Hillside Drive, Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was I like- know. And, and it's interesting you say that because a mini is no longer mini, of course. They're, yes. they're huge. But the old ones, and I was lucky enough to watch Paddy Hopkirk, who many will know is was the greatest rally champion in front wheel drive Mini Coopers, mm, yes. uh, demonstrate at the 50th anniversary of the RAC rally exactly what a Mini Cooper can do. From a standing start up to a cone, a bollard, as we say in England, and back again in a nanosecond with a handbrake round the cone, sort of nudging it all the way around and straight back. Unbelievable skill, but the car is fabulous. I mean, just can do anything, can dance on a a dime. And uh, how they must have shaken up the rally world back in those days. And incidentally, to me, it's the rally boys who are the most talented. I get Formula One big time, of course. But the rally guys driving their cars flat out within inches of a cliff face or a forest or ice or whatever on gravel and tarmac, spectacular car control. Oh, yeah. Uh, Amazing. I had Vic Elford, of course... uh his big career move with Porsche started with rally racing. And John Campion, who's a local businessman for a power company who has probably one of the finest vintage collection of rally cars. And now he's actually racing rally cars, has been a guest on the show. But 
Yeah. Yeah. The Mini Cooper is wonderful. And one of my longtime sponsors here, Chris Kimball, shout out to Chris because he's got a little Mini Cooper. And Chris is a very tall guy. And I don't know how he gets in that car, but he just loves that, that little thing. He also has a Pantera. So he goes from one extreme to the other. Uh, back and go. forth. Yeah, there you go. Well, Malcolm, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Malcolm, we're back, and we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I think that must be to relax. And it comes into play so many times, whether you're on it in a rally, in a race, relax, relax, and breathe. If you're stuck on the side of the road, relax. Something good will happen. We'll, you'll get it fixed. You'll get towed away, whatever. But just relax. Don't get all head up. You see so many people getting uptight. Yes. It's not necessary. So just relax. You know, it's great advice, and it's so simple. And I have an app on my phone now that comes up, and it every once in a while it just pops up, and it says, take 15 seconds. It watches a little video like rain or the leaves or the ocean. And yep. just breathe in and out, in and out. And it's amazing how just that little 15 seconds or 30 seconds of just breathing can help. And I mentioned just coming back from traveling and going through Atlanta Airport on a very busy day. Yeah, it was important to stop and relax once in a while and uh, and also be grateful for the fact that you got to go do some cool things. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years? I like to be smart and tidy. And clean and tidy and is what I mean by smart. So I think that's essential to always be well prepared and well dressed and 
ready and waiting and not just sort of slovenly. I think that's, uh, yes. that's important. Yep, yeah, I think it is important. It's a, personal, it's a personal habit. Well, and especially in the business that you are in, because people look at people's appearance and the way they present themselves, and it relates to what they do in their lives. And if they're sloppy and unorganized, maybe that car I'm buying from you is not the right choice. You fit your, your uh, position quite well. Now, how about a resource? There are wonderful resources that we all have access to these days, more than we can all access sometimes. But is there one that you'd like to share with our listeners? I find myself looking at the Classic Driver website, mm. and uh, it's an Beautiful. unashamed plug for them. I think it's fabulous. I think it's a crossover as well from cars and boats and lifestyle and design, and a lot to enjoy on that website. So Classic Driver for me, and the printed version, I would say, is the Octane magazine, which ah. I think, again, is full of fabulous articles. You can read about binoculars or Coca-Cola cans or bottles, or as well as cars and trains. It's great. I've been trying to get the uh, principles of those two companies on this show for some time. One of these days, I will land them or get them to respond. But uh, I love both those. I've been a subscriber to Octane forever. And uh, yeah. Classic Driver, I love getting there. They, so well done. I mean, just yep. really spit, spit spot polished. I love it. Now, if I got a range for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Ayrton Senna. Oh, yes. <laughs> Ayrton Senna. Yeah. I just enjoyed just 10 minutes talking to Ayrton Senna and understanding how he managed to do what he did. Yes. Just fabulous. Yeah, I love Ayrton. I've followed him forever. In fact, he has a quote that is on my business card. The past is just data. I only see the future. And it was a great metaphor for looking racing and looking down the track and always looking way ahead of yourself and not worrying about what's in the rearview mirror, basically. So privileged to watch him race in Monaco. Uh, he came out and he waved to the crowd much later on, an hour and a half later, when most people had gone, he came out of the mo out of the motorhome and waved to everybody. Just looked a real person. Yeah, yeah. I love the movie they did about him too and his passion mm. really came through. Well how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? You've got to read Touch Wood, which mm. was yes. written by Duncan Hamilton. Duncan Hamilton, yes. I've yeah. got that book. In fact, Adrian sent me a copy of that book yeah. uh, way back when, when I first met him. I got to go out to his farm and look at some of the cars he had for sale. Oh, gosh, this was probably 10 years ago when I was in London. Ah, wonderful book. I think it's just been reproduced, I think reprinted, and uh, it's a great read. It's hilarious. It's amazing. You can't believe it's true, and it's a reminder of those good old, bad old days, Yeah, um, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. I'm glad you mentioned it. I, I, that book has not been recommended here. So happy you added it to the list. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources Malcolm has shared on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Malcolm Wellford, L-E-L-F-O-R-D, and that page will pop up. And of course, there's a great place on the site called Guest Recommended Books, where this book, Touchwood, and all the wonderful books recommended by my past 1,004 and now five guests. Here in Cars Yeah, I've got them listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. Very, very cool. Yeah, get your hands on Touchwood. What a story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Incredible. Thank well, you. we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question, Malcolm, can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. But you can only have one in your garage, so this is going to be it. But I want you to drive it. I want you to enjoy it. So don't use money as a principle here because you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. You're going to have to keep it and enjoy it. So 
What's it going to be? Mark, my usual question, because many people say, what's yes. your one car you would have? And yeah. I, I normally reply and say, you, you need at least 20, because it's <laughs> like, cars are like music. You have some for a happy occasion, a sad occasion, an exciting occasion. So that's my, my stock reply. But if you really are forcing me to have just one car, yes, I would choose a very standard stock steel short wheelbase Ferrari. That's all I would need. I'd be more than happy. It's just the perfect car. They look great standing still. They look great covered in brake dust and dirt and a wet Labrador <laughs> inside. To me, it would be just the perfect all-around everyday car. So we're talking about the 250 SWB, right? Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, one of my bucket list cars as well, just an absolutely beautiful, lovely car. I will say I was at the Cavallino event years ago, and I had a chance to drive two in the same day. Believe it or not, I couldn't believe it. It was like fantasy time. Two people tossed me the keys and said, take it for a drive. And yep. it lived up to all my fantasies for sure. So, uh, uh, wonderful. Has, has a car like that passed through your hands at your company yet? We have had a few, and I had one in the garage for about a year, dark blue with a tan interior. Ooh. Then took it on the Colorado Grand. The car was so easy to drive, so rewarding. I could have just carried on driving and carried on driving. <laughs> yeah. And it did everything. And it's far more capable than yours truly, but just a lovely car and, and purposeful and so much to it yeah. that uh, I'd be quite happy with that. And I wouldn't mind one that was all beaten up and rough and scratched up. It, it would just be lovely to have one. Oh, my gosh. And you get to drive it on the Colorado Grand. Now I'm really jealous. Oh, my gosh. How <laughs> fun could that be? I I can only imagine. I didn't get to drive nearly as far. Well, Malcolm, you have taken us on a wonderful ride today, my friend. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Is there a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer us before you head off down the post highway in that 250 SW? I think just remember that the car game uh, is for fun. We're all, dare I say it, lucky bums doing what we do. (laughs) Just enjoy it while you can. Yes, absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Morris and Welford? So our website, Morris and Welford, as you already mentioned, thank you, Mark. Anyone can call us anytime. We're happy to chat cars all day long. Come down here, have a glass of wine, have a cup of coffee, look around, relax. We're not high pressure. We're anything but. And uh, we just like car people. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're anywhere near Newport Beach or even if you're far away, make a trip out there Check out their new showroom. You will be blown away. I know next time I head down south, I'm going to pay you a visit. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything that Malcolm has shared today on his show notes page. As I mentioned before, just go to carsyad.com, type in Malcolm or Malcolm Welford, and that page will pop right up. Malcolm, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. This has been a delight. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Mark, thank you for having me. You're welcome. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253 722 plan or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders or 12 or 16 
Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.